Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of Seeking Witchcraft. Today, I have a super special guest who's going to help me talk about the LGBTQ plus community in the witch world, plus potentially maybe some other fun topics if we have time. You may have heard his name on a previous episode where I talked about somebody hitting up an outer court of a friend's coven because of this podcast, but let me go ahead and introduce the witch, the high priest, and the ultimate legend, Seamus. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell, maybe tell us about your background so people listen and know where you're from. Sure. Uh, so I am 39. I live in Los Angeles. I operate a gardenerian coven in West Hollywood. Um, I'm from New York originally. I've been here for about 15 years, and I am a third degree high priest in the gardenerian tradition of witchcraft, which is definitely Wicca. <laughs> there you go. So I'm super happy to have Seamus on the show because not only is he extraordinarily knowledgeable in, in pretty much like anything related to Wicca and witchcraft, but he's also able to provide a perspective on the LGBT plus community that I can't. <laughs> um, you know, I've had a lot of messages from people in this community asking if they would be welcomed or accepted for practicing witchcraft or following the Wiccan religion. And in fact, I actually had a friend a couple weeks ago tell me that he was under the assumption that he couldn't be in a coven because, quote unquote, he has a dick. <laughs> oh my like, god, I hate I hate when I can't be in a coven because I have a dick. The worst. <laughs> yeah, when I got that text, I was just like, "What are you talking about?" But okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, like I, all of those memes on Instagram that are like, "Men can be witches too," and I'm like, "That's like saying water's wet." Yeah, that's true. Why is, that, why is this a message? Like, you can literally look at the witch trials from, like, Europe in the early modern period, and guys are getting killed left and right for it. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of this may stem from the fact that Wicca and witchcraft tend to be so female-focused in, like, perhaps the media, and potentially there could be, like, an ingrained stereotypes of all covens or for women only, kind of like with Diana practice. But holy hell, that is not the case. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. So, Seamus, could you kind of like weigh in on your views of the position of Wicca and witchcraft, like what they have in the gay community? I mean, are people who are gay accepted in the witch community? Should they expect or come into any problems? Or like, what's been your experience, I guess you could say? So the, uh, the question about acceptance is kind of funny. I don't think that the straight community could carry witchcraft on its own without us. Like, no lie, we outnumber, gay guys in particular, outnumber straight guys within traditional Wicca, probably like four to one. Um, you know, women are for sure a full half, if not more. I think you guys are like 51% of the population in general. Um, you're probably higher than that within witchcraft, just anecdotally from my own experience. But most covens that I know, you know, have at least one gay member. And we are members of, you know, the most traditional Wiccan 
tra tradition, right? Like we are like the most like hard guard like line on the planet, right? And it's just full of gay people. Although I will tell you that when I was initiated in 2005, that's one person upline from us. So meaning one person who was the initiator of the initiator of the initiator, whoever, in the chain of like 10 people between me and Gerald Gardner, um, he had an issue with me. My coven told me that he had an issue with the fact that they had initiated a gay person, which I was not surprised by because that was still like an echo from the past that was like being denounced everywhere. So everyone kind of acknowledged that it existed. Um, but he also in the end, like developed brain tumors and like went crazy and died. Oh and so like, I could never really tell if it was because he hated the coven I was initiated into because they basically just wrote him off as a crazy person. If he actually was a homophobe, which apparently he was, if it was like all, both of those things, or if it was just the tumors and apparently it was all three. Wow. That's so, I mean, there are covens that will be uncomfortable with certain things. The gay thing has kind of been out of the bag for so long that I don't think anybody really would be like, oh, well, you're not supposed to do that, blah, blah, blah. Now, unfortunately, it's trans people's turn. Yeah. So there is still a very, not like, it's not the majority by any stretch of the imagination. Um, most traditional covens will be totally accepting of trans people. Um, but occasionally you'll come across one where they'll either be uncertain, unsure, uncomfortable, or whatever. And, and rarely, rarely will you hear anyone in the traditional Wiccan community say that they wouldn't initiate a trans person or like that they would deliberately misgender them or something like that. So it really just depends, you know, where on the alphabet people spectrum you fall. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you're talking a little bit about this from a coven perspective and you've done some eclectic stuff as well, right? Tons. So have you ever had people give you shit maybe just not necessarily like maybe not a gardenarian view but maybe just like telling somebody hey i'm a witch and they say but you're like a dude and you're gay like how are you a witch have you ever experienced anything like that uh the dude thing only on instagram which is hysterical and like i feel like back in the day when tumblr actually was a thing that was happening it was <laughs> oh, just tumblr. a hotbed of misinformation i know r.i.p right um <laughs> But that's just like, that's just people being stupid and like, you know, giving into mass media and being like, witches are always portrayed as female, right? Like they think that bewitched is like the only thing or other people being like, no, a male witch is a warlock. And it's like, on what yeah. planet? <laughs> on Nick at night? Congratulations. That's where you're getting your religious information from. So you just kind of roll your eyes at those people and carry on. Um, but the gay thing? No, definitely not. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's, that's good to hear then. Yeah, because I mean, I've had people message me and, and they're scared to tell their friends that they're, they practice witchcraft <laughs> and they, they kind of talk about it like, you know, it's like, oh, I had to come out of the closet once and now I have to come out of the closet again. And it's like, man, like, I mean, I've, that's true. Yeah. But it's a good thing, right? Like, think about every straight person that has to come out as a witch. You're getting one, one millionth of the experience of what an LGBT person goes through. Absolutely. And I, I will also back Seamus up with saying that the amount of gay witches that I've met in the traditional community is very outnumbering. <laughs> I would say of probably just straight people in general, um, which, you know, the media would probably have a field day with that, not in the media, but like, you know, Hollywood, for example, because it's very hard to find anything on TV or in the movies that represent that. I do know, though, yeah. Like the the new craft movie that's coming out, apparently the person who's supposed to play Nancy is going to be a transgender female. So that's going to be really cool to see um, that whole storyline. And there's going to be some representation, which I think is going to be great. 
good. Yeah, that's what, if Hollywood wants to be like really accurate in its depiction of witches, it should be a whole bunch of straight women, a whole bunch of gay guys, and like the occasional smattering of straight dudes <laughs> that nobody really knows what to do with. <laughs> okay. So have you seen, or has there been any issues that like you've seen, or maybe you've seen others face with worshiping a female goddess per se, if you're Wiccan? or like any pushback with like a goddess-centered religion or like a feminine-centered religion coming into this as a gay male? Pushback by, based on my gender or based on my sexual orientation or both? Uh, whichever way you see it. So really the only people that do that are like the Dianics, right? The people that are like super female-centric that are extremely, I mean, Gardnerian Wicca itself is matrifocal, right? Like you know, we have a, an emphasis on the high priestess as the, the leader of the coven, right? Um, and as, you know, the representative of the goddess, right? So we would like defer to her. That's just part of what the tradition is, not to say that, you know, men can't be in charge and aren't in charge in lots of situations. Um, but the only time I ever, and it's not even like pushback, you know, they're just open about it. They're like, we are a women-centered, women-focused, women tradition for women, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, cool. You have gender-specific circles. Good for you. Right. Like to us, to me, you know, as a gardenarian, the idea of doing witchcraft without women around is like the silliest thing I've ever heard. So like I would if I was in like a circle of dudes doing like the male mysteries, I'd be like, this is so weird. <laughs> right. There's not like there's no women here. Like who does witchcraft without women? It's like doing witchcraft with your clothes on. It's just silly. <laughs> but it's like oh. a fun experience that you should try. Oh my gosh, yeah, that is definitely a topic we could probably talk about in this episode. We'll probably be able to squeeze that in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Witchcraft without your clothes on, oh boy. <laughs> oh, here's another, oh my god, I forgot about this. Okay, so my mother coven, the coven I was initiated into in 2005, when they were asking me about initiation, they were like, like, no lie, and I had already been, I was a high priest in an eclectic tradition before that, and I had been a high priest for like, I think like three, three years at that point, maybe four. Um, and I had run so many circles and like, I was just a fully functioning, you know, eclectic Wiccan in a tradition. Um, and I'm like seeking with this coven, right? And the high priestess like looks at me one day and she's like, Seamus, um, I have a question. And I'm like, go for it. And it's because it's the getting to know you period, right? And she goes, how do you feel about, uh, you know, circling um, with women? And I literally just like stopped and like looked at her and I like looked around at everybody and like everyone's looking at me. They're like waiting for my answer. And I was like, is this a setup? <laughs> like, what kind of question is that? And I like, I like, I was like, am I being filmed? Like, is this a joke? And like, everybody was very serious. And I was like, okay. And I was like, uh, I don't really know what it's like to circle without women. And she was like, oh, oh, cool. You know, like her assumption that because I was a gay guy was that I only hung out with dudes all the time and like basically had nothing to do with girls. And I was like, girl, you need a gay best friend. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I kind of had the flipped version of that a little bit when I first joined my coven, um, just as a seeker. So my outer court, uh, I went into it with a, well, who was now my cousin, coven sister, um, another woman. And I, hadn't really considered like, oh, there's a lot of guys that practice witchcraft too. Um, cause that hadn't been my experience because I hadn't known a lot of other witches. I mean, on the internet, sure. But in real life, all the witches I knew were women. And 
when I went to my first secret meeting, I was really surprised at the amount of guys that were there. And I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Uh, and now fast forward to where I am now, I'm just like, oh man, like we need some more guys here. Like, it's like, and before starting out, I probably would have been like, oh, you know, women come in, like, that's going to be great. And now I'm like, oh my God, where are all the dudes? Like, come on, we need you here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's Straight guys in the craft are yeah. a diamond in the rough. Oh my God. Yes. That is very, very, very true. <laughs> if yeah. you find a straight person, a straight guy in the traditional witchcraft setting, it is like freaking a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. And especially one that isn't doing it because their girlfriend is into it. Oh my God. Yes. Because <laughs> think about it. Like what is witchcraft for? Who is witchcraft for? Witchcraft is for, you know, people who need freedom. Witchcraft is for people who want to claim their power. Witchcraft is for the disempowered, for the disenfranchised, for the oppressed, right? It's the practice of the slave. It's the practice of people that are being pushed down that don't have, you know, access or agency um, in their own right in many other ways, right? And so we turn to witchcraft as a secret, you know, internal way of dealing with issues, problems, whatever. And who doesn't necessarily suffer from that on a regular basis? Straight white guys in America. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> there you go yeah <sighs> okay well yeah I think we've covered a um, pretty good amount on you know the LGBTQ plus community and witchcraft is there any closing things you want to say about it before I move on to another topic uh not that I can think of I mean if anyone is out there thinking that being LGBT is going to be an impediment to being able to find a group, to being able to find a coven, to being able to make friends within the craft, that's not the case. And really you just have to look, and especially trans people. I mean, trans people just get so much like shit every day, right? The amount of noise that is just constantly bombarding them, otherizing them, making them feel less than, making them feel different, making them feel weird the like sheer level of microaggressions that they experience on a regular day is just so significant and unfortunate that they may feel that there's no point in even trying, right? Because they're just, people are going to think they're weird or not understand them. And that is not the case. Like even the most traditional hard guard covens, right? So many, the majority of us are open to, to people from all walks of life, right? And you know, I had, I literally had a trans seeker um, in my outer court for like almost a year and I had no idea right? Like it didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered. You know, when I found out it absolutely didn't matter, but I know trans high priests and high priestesses, like no problem. Right. So people are way more accepting than you think, especially because we're such a, how do I describe this? We're such a like, you know, witches are people that live kind of on the edge, right? They live in the outskirts, you know, we're already like not a regular part of normal society. And so I feel like LGBT people in particular would find uh, like a very, high level of empathy and understanding. Absolutely. So I would say, you know, anybody listening to this who is worried about potentially reaching out to a coven or making friends with other witches because of your sexuality or because of your gender or your sex, don't be. (laughs) I think a lot of people would be very pleasantly surprised at how accepting the community is. And if you find somebody who's not accepting, well, they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) And they can go fuck somebody else. Don't let fear dictate your decisions. Stay safe, obviously. Yep. But don't operate based on fear. Mm hmm. 
All right. So as Seamus mentioned, he has been a high priest of a, what well, you are a high priest of an, an eclectic group. And then he's also a high priest of a traditional group. So if you are looking for a seeker, is there anything that you would want a seeker to be knowledgeable in before they come to you? Or is there any advice that you can give to seekers who might be interested in potentially joining a group or I don't know, even just interacting with people outside of the internet, for example, like meeting up with other witches online, like safely, I mean, <laughs> any advice you so, give to a person? Yeah. So for the first question, um, the technical answer is no, there's not anything in particular that I would want a seeker to be knowledgeable about. Um, my eclectic high priestess, uh, who is a brilliant, brilliant, amazing witch um, and psychic and medium, um, she kind of put it like the best I've ever heard. And she goes, give me a Russian any day of the week because they come in with no religious background, no religious training, because religion was not a thing um, as a part of communism, right? Like religion was the opiate of the masses and it was to be avoided. And she goes, it's like a clean slate. You can train them and you don't, they don't have to unlearn anything. And then she goes, but Catholics make the best witches. Hey. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, they come fully versed and steeped in ritual, in symbology, in like theology, in all of that, right? And so she's like, all you have to do is just peel back some of the layers, like, you know, reboot them in certain ways, untrain a few things and get them to think this way. And they take to it like a fish to water, right? So whatever your level of knowledge is, we can work with it, right? If I have somebody who has no idea, but they're called, great. If I have somebody who is already a fully, like a fully trained high priest in another tradition and they're interested in the Gardnerian tradition, awesome. I initiated one of those uh, last year, right? And he's amazing. Probably a better witch than I am. And his handwriting is so much better. I'm low-key jealous. But anyway, like just, just go for it. Don't think, don't, don't feel like a lack of knowledge is an impediment to acceptance. You know, when you're, when you're petitioning, when you're seeking witchcraft, when you're seeking something you don't already know, no one's going to penalize you for not already knowing it. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I feel like you had a second question that I already forgot. Um, is, if like a seeker was trying to reach out to a community, like, is there anything, like any advice you'd give them? So if they wanted to perhaps join a coven, um, say they're like a little nervous about reaching out to somebody or potentially meeting up with like other witches or things like that. Like any advice you can give them? Just do it. Literally, don't be afraid. Just reach out. And if you don't hear anything back, if you just get no response, remind yourself. Don't be like, oh, my introductory email was garbage and they think I'm trash and they hate me already. That is not the case. The number of people that I've failed to respond to is embarrassing, quite frankly. And it's because I'm super busy and I work too much, right? And then I'm like, oh, I got to respond to that guy. And then like a month will go by and I'll be like, shit. And then I'll like send them an email and they'll be like, oh, I thought you didn't like me. And I'm like, oh my God, no. People come up with so many reasons why they're not getting a response when the fact is that people are super busy, right? Or people are super forgetful, especially me. If you email me, I'm very sorry. I will forget to respond to you at some point. But like, just stay, stay persistent because persistence actually shows drive, right? Like, I don't need you to know how to read tower cards. If you do, great. I don't need you to know how to do psychic healing. If you do, great. I don't need you to know how to speak to the dead. If you do, great, right? What I need from you, what I want to see, what I love to find is that you are called to witchcraft, that you are called to Wicca in particular, and specifically that you have a calling to the gods. They don't always have to be, you know, our gods. Wicca, traditional Wicca has two gods, the horned god of death and resurrection and the goddess of the moon, right? The great mother. Um, so 
if that's the case, awesome, you know, but I've had people that are, you know, devotees of different traditional gods of like different cultures, you know, and it's like, okay, that's great. I can work with that. You have that call, right? You have that drive to interact with experience, understand the divine. And that's, you know, we can work with that. That's great fuel. Yeah. And I think there's another point I want to make, not to cut you off, um, is that gay people in particular or LGBT people will put more stumbling blocks in front of themselves in regards to seeking Wicca than the Wiccan community will put in front of them. Um, And I have encountered a number of gay men in particular um, who feel like maybe Wicca isn't the best thing for them because it is technically heterocentric, right? Like Wicca is about a god and a goddess and about their interaction with each other. And we see, you know, their cycle embodied in the seasons. And they're like, well, if it's based on this straight couple, right, a man, a male and a female together, then, you know, that doesn't necessarily reflect who I am or how I feel as a gay man. And I'm like, okay, that's fair if you're trying to get laid, (laughs) right? But like, we're all the product of a male and female union. Like, that's how life is made, right? And so like, I never understand people who are like, oh, well, I, I can't really connect to the goddess because, you know, I'm a gay guy. And I'm like, what do you think this is about sex? Like who's trying to, like, you think it's about trying to bone a God? Like, no, right? Like you have, I have a mother, I have a father, right? And if I'm working with the great mother, I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with our goddess as the great mother, right? The goddess of the moon, the goddess of the earth. Like I can interact with her, understand her, contextualize her, experience her in those aspects without feeling like, oh, but I'm gay and I don't see myself embodied and like, you know, what's going on between those two deities. Like, that's fine right? The horn god of death and resurrection. I'm hoping that I'm not seeing my experience in that because I don't want to die anytime soon, right? Like, but that is a mystery. That's something, and especially when you're thinking about reincarnation, maybe we have died multiple times before, you know, maybe it's something that takes away some of that fear. But working with that divinity to me as a gay guy makes perfect sense. It makes great sense, especially if you're looking at them as parents or as tutelary deities, right, of a specific tribe that you belong to that are there to help you, that are there to encourage you and to teach you things that are yet unknown, right? So I always get a little like weirded out whenever people are all like, oh, well, you know, I don't really feel connected to that and it has to do with their sexuality. And there's room for sexuality within Wicca and there should be, and that's healthy, but that's like a very tiny piece of the pie. That can be great and amazing and huge for some people, but like literally there's so much more than just that, that it's always bewildering to me when somebody sees that as like a hang up. Does that make sense? So I actually, so uh, there's one thing I want to go back to and talk about, but now that we're actually talking about this, can you talk a little bit more about the sexuality part? Because I know a lot of people who are especially brand new, who might want to get involved in a coven, get worried about the place of sex within Wiccan witchcraft. And, you know, there's always the rumors of like, oh, you have to have sex with your higher ups in order to be initiated or like it's all like a sex cult or things like that and totally that could be extremely upsetting. Totally. <laughs> yeah huge huge sex cult that's all it is 100 <laughs> percent. oh god that's why there that's why there are so many gay guys in wicca because we're all trying to hook up with chicks yep absolutely <laughs> that's exactly how that works so like and you know like i remember being like not even weirded out i just remember like taking a moment before initiation and being like what if like, oh my God, what if it really is? Like, what if it is really about sex? What if I really have to do some kind of like sex act to prove that I'm like, you know, that I want to be a part of this cult? But then I literally logic slid in and was like, what are you, slow? Do you think every gay guy that you've encountered in the craft slept with a woman just to get in? Like, that's absurd. 
some of these bitches, like I'm shocked they're not running screaming at the side of a vajayjay, right? Like, come on. <laughs> and so, you know, just allow logic, just like keep yourself safe. Don't make any like weird decisions, right? Make sure that you trust people that you're, you know, seeking with and make sure you're not accepting initiation up front because that's a huge red flag. You should know them. You should care about them. They should care about you. You should trust them before you're willing to undergo initiation with them, obviously. But like, no, sex is not a requirement for entry to the craft. It's not a requirement at any point in the craft at all. It is an option if you choose to do it with somebody that you feel connected to, right? So like husband and wife, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend in a coven to the other. I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. You know, those solid relationships are what carry the craft on, which is amazing. Right. But if they want to go like, you know, boink in a holy and ritualized way on their own at home, go ahead. Right. I'm not going to be there for that. Right. And that also goes for if they want to like have sex with each other in a ritualized context, like that's great. The rest of the coven's not there going to like watching them. <laughs> no. Ew. I mean, unless you like find some like crazy like cult in like San Francisco somewhere. Oh, God. Maybe, but no, basically not. Yeah. So if anybody's worried about the sex in witchcraft or Wicca or covens, at least speaking from a traditional standpoint, don't, don't worry about that because it's not a thing. I have absolutely not had sex in a ritualistic way for witchcraft and I don't plan to. Um, I didn't have to have sex to become initiated. It's not a thing. Uh, but if you do come across a group that does do that, First off, they claim to be a particular tradition, for example, Alexandrian or Gardnerian, make sure you check, <laughs> uh, go to like the official Facebook groups and see like if they're actually valid um, and not like pretending to be this because no one's going to require you to have sex for any form of initiation into the craft if they're proper people. Yeah. And if anybody does, oh my God, come and tell us because we will fucking lay into them. We will give them no rest. Anyone yeah. who's out there like using our name and shitting on people. And basically selling like our tradition, we love that shit. We will just ride them so far, so hard, they won't even know what happened. Yeah, you can come and tell Seamus. He's actually one of the admins in the Gardnerian secret Facebook group. And I'm not above harassing people who are dirtbags on the internet. Cheers. <laughs> exactly. So one other thing real quick before going to an another topic. Um, so Seamus mentioned something about um, you know, things that people can relearn if they're coming in as a seeker. And I just want to stress the importance that you don't have to be the most knowledgeable person out there if you're going to approach a coven to figure out about like potentially joining them. Because covens are going to teach you everything that you need to know. I mean, while it's good to maybe read at least one one-on-one book like Scott Cunningham or something, <laughs> you don't need to be like an encyclopedia of witchcraft. That's absolutely not a requirement. Correct. All right. Although, um, although, if possible, try to be. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with learning as much as you can. It'll definitely yeah. aid you as you're seeking. You really should, because if somebody comes with, like, just a ton of knowledge under their belt already, that's great. That person's already, like, an asset to a coven, right? Like, if someone's, if someone's a professional psychic, I'm always like, woohoo! And I'm like, train these people, right? <laughs> because witches have, we have a lot of common interests, right? Like, we want to be proficient at divination. We want to be proficient at working with herbs. We want to be proficient at, you know, making our own tools, making incenses, making, you know, different things that are going to be used within the practice of witchcraft. And if somebody comes with those skills, that's amazing. But also if you come with zero skills related to the craft, but an honest desire and drive to learn and you want to partake and participate, you know, we will train you. And then eventually you will be a huge asset to the craft when you 
hive, start your own coven, join another group, whatever, you're coming in with a ton of knowledge under your belt. Yeah. And it's a lifelong pursuit. People forget. Like, it's so easy to say and to hear that this is a lifelong practice, a lifelong, like, journey. But, like, seekers are so impatient. They're just so, so, and I was the same way. They're just so terribly impatient that they're like, oh, I'm losing time, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, dude, like, you're going to be literally learning for the rest of your life. There is no rush on any of this. So take your time and feel comfortable taking your time. Absolutely. And, you know, I used to joke, not, not even joke, but I used to just actually say with my coven, um, you know, looking at this from a Wiccan perspective, like, the gods aren't going anywhere. They're, they're there. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be in a rush to be the very best person that you can be within a week. Like, you know, you have time to develop and practice. I mean, I learn new things every single day. I am very much learning new things all the time. And there's so much more that I know that I don't know. And so much more that I don't even know that I don't know. But that's part of it. It's, it's a lifelong, you know, education. And that's part of the fun. Yeah. And sometimes you learn new things about witchcraft on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do witchcraft on boats. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we're coming up on time, but there's one more thing that I would love for Seamus to talk about. And I would love for him to talk about sky cloud practices. And I will totally out myself. The reason that I want him to talk about this is because I was very, very uncomfortable with the idea of Skyclad. Holy shit, I was uncomfortable. And um, uh, Seamus happened to have a Ask Me Anything on Reddit for Gardnerian Skyclad things. And I, when I was a seeker, I commented on <laughs> it being like, oh my gosh, like, hey, <laughs> I'm really nervous. And he actually gave me some really, really good advice. And then you know, we ended up meeting up. It was a whole thing. It was a very interesting story anyway. But anyway, so Seamus, could you please talk to people who are nervous about Skyclad and like, first of all, what even is Skyclad? And like, is there even any like reason for it? Like anything you can, if there's anything like somebody's nervous about, can you talk, can you like say something on it? I can say a lot of things. And the first thing that I can say is that I can neither confirm nor deny that practicing witchcraft Skyclad is something that we do or that happens at all. Absolutely. That's just the God's honest truth. We can neither confirm nor deny. I can also neither confirm nor deny, once again, that practicing witchcraft with your clothes on is just silly. So assuming that practicing skyclad is something that um, people do do, I think it's very important to note that um, you have to remember that there is no innate what is the term I'm looking for? There's no innate association or direct correlation between nudity and sex within neo-paganism, right? The connection between nudity and sex is a wholesale creation that comes from uh, the Abrahamic faiths, right? From monotheism, right? In Christianity and Islam and Judaism, there is a very strong focus on modesty, specifically for women, um, because the idea of being naked is equated with sex. When it comes to paganism, there's such thing, right? It's kind of like, imagine you went to like a nudist camp. It's all just like naked old people, right? <laughs> when, when, when old ladies are like naked in the locker room and like old men are like getting changed at like the public pool and they're just like way too comfortable hanging out nude and you're like, oh my God, my eyes, I need eye bleach. Like, why am I in here? Like, there's nothing sexual about that, right? So why would nudity in any other context, you know, be any different when it comes to like groups of people that you either know or you don't know, whatever, right? So 
it's a huge stumbling block for some people. They're like, oh, I could never be naked in front of anybody else. And I get you. I grew up in a very, very, very Roman Catholic, like Irish Catholic household. Um, where also I, I, I'm from New York, right? My mother did not believe in heat because she didn't believe in spending money. And so I frequently went to sleep seeing my breath in the air, wearing like a hat and like a sweatshirt and like, you know, multiple blankets. So the idea, I was never naked. The only time I was naked growing up was when I was like in the shower and that's it, right? The end. Um, so I had zero familiarity, familiarity with or comfortability with being naked around groups of people. And eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this giant pagan festival in upstate New York called Starwood, which no longer exists. Although Brushwood Folklore Center is still there. It's amazing. You should go to Sirius sometime. Um, and that was my first, my first exposure to like, you know, to clothing optional pagan festival. And the weirdness and discomfort around be, uh, with being around naked people in groups lasts for 40 seconds. Because after that, just people are naked. Nobody gives a shit. Literally nobody gives a shit. And you just carry on. It's like, are you coming to this ritual we're going to? Are you coming to go make wands? Are you coming to go do whatever we're doing? And just like, there are boobs everywhere. And you're like, all right, whatever. And you just carry on. Like you get over it so much faster than you think you do. And I remember when I was there, I literally started giggling. And I was like, I can feel the Catholicism like seeping out of me. And my friends all laughed, right? I was with a bunch of Alexandrians. And I was like, I can feel the last vestiges of the church just evaporating. And they were like, you're welcome. So, you know, do it. For people that have never practiced witchcraft skyclad, do it. Try it. Do it by yourself. Do it at home, alone, in your bedroom, or wherever you circle. If you've never circled before, try it. You know, when nobody's home, do a circle naked just to get that experience. Do it a couple of times just so you're familiar with what that feels like. So that you're familiar, you know, standing in a room, being naked for more than the, you know, minute that it takes to change your clothes or put clothing on after getting out of the shower. You know, you'd be surprised how comfortable you can get with it. And this is coming from like a very, like strong Catholic background person, right? Like, Irish people don't really do nudity. Well, not in America, anyway. Like, <laughs> if I can do it, like you can do it, not that I'm confirming or denying that that ever happens. Um, but yeah, try it with yourself. And then so many people are like, oh my God, I can never be naked around the coven. Like, and it's like, you're thinking about people you don't know, you know, cause you're not in a coven yet. You haven't begun seeking yet, but think about, you know, who you would get naked with. Who would you like go streaking with? Right. Think about it like that. Like if your best friends were all like, we're all going to take our clothes off right now and run across this lawn because it's hysterical. You know, if you would even contemplate doing something like that, like you can do it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Obviously not in public. Don't get arrested <laughs> and don't do it on the first date. Right. Like if a coven's like, oh, we want to invite you to this circle and we practice skyclad. If you're not initiated, you should not be taking your clothes off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> That's uh, a red flag. One thing too that Shama said, if you would like to practice Skyclad just by yourself at home, you know, in your bedroom casting a circle the first time, definitely I would say do it more than once, as he mentioned, do it a couple of times because you might be a little stiff the first time you could say because you start to realize when you're casting a circle and you're Skyclad, there's a lot of like fire and flames and like smoke and things that can poke you and when you're naked you don't have that protective barrier of clothing mm -hmm. so you kind of have to have a new awareness of what's going on around you so watch give, your hair yeah watch your hair so <laughs> give it a couple times to kind of just 
get used to it so you can actually relax and then see if you like it, see if you don't. But just know, you know, it's a thing within paganism. It's not unheard of. Um, and it's, you know, if you're interested in witchcraft or Wicca, you know, everybody knows about like the witches who'd be naked riding on their brooms through the forest. <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily an unheard of term. So, you know, try it out, see how you like it. All right, well, that's about it for today. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say for closing words, Seamus? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited that you did this episode. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Seeking Witchcraft or just my Insta or my Twitter is at Seek Witchcraft because apparently seeking is too long. But yeah, so thanks guys. Bye. Have a good one. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.